9 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us today. Text or call us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Just watching um, the mothership right now. Western Conference standings, T-Wolves with a one-game lead over Oklahoma City, game and a half over the L.A. Clippers, and they're, they're debating about which team's the best in the West right now. The Nuggets are two and a half games out. You can't say, even though the Nuggets are the defending champions right now, at this moment, the, there's some not, not that it should be a major concern because it's more of a inflammation in his tibia. Mm-hmm. But you have to be mildly concerned about Jamal Murray. Yeah. KCP's got the hamstring problem right now. Neither guy played last night against Sacramento. And... It's, it's kind of like, once again, it's like the avalanche a little bit. There's a lot of things about the those two teams that you like. But there's also some concerns about both those teams. There's, a, I guess, the level of concern that you have about both right now. We spent a lot of time talking about the avalanche last hour. About the Nuggets this time. We'll, we'll spend a moment talking about them here. I think my level of concern is lesser for the Nuggets than it is for the Avalanche. Because another thing we didn't talk about with the Avalanche that is a major concern is what happens if Georgie can't go? Because they haven't solved that problem yet. Right. They're going to lose. Whether it's a series or the game, I don't have any faith in anybody else behind him. And unless they make a move at the trade deadline for mm-hmm. somebody... And my faith in him has been wavering a little bit after this long road trip. For yeah. the Nuggets. Yeah, it's not been great. For the, for the Nuggets, you feel like Murray's going to be okay. This is a, it's a good mm-hmm. time. You rested him last night. Going to the All-Star break. Got a few days off here. Maybe this is the blessing in disguise of him not being right. picked for the Western Conference All-Star team. That that you feel like that the benches come together. Reggie Jackson's that, not Bruce Brown. But he's kind of slid into that role as the trusted guy off the bench. Twelve points last night. Mm-hmm. That you feel you feel better about the way Peyton Watson's been playing, Christian Brown, but but both those guys have been great. But Watson, his scoring, mm-hmm. his offensive game that that has really developed for Peyton Watson, who could already defend, and now he's a guy you have to be you have to count on the offensive yeah. end for. For the Avalanche, the guys that come up for them in big moments aren't on this roster for one reason or another. The Nuggets, they have guys that will come up big for them. And I still feel like, though, for the Avalanche, what happens with Landeskog? Will he be available for the playoffs? When will they get Nachushkin back? That those are those are two factors. Nachushkin's more of the one that we know will happen at some point. He'll come back because mm-hmm. it's not an injury. Hopefully, yeah. He's dealing with personal issues that you would like to feel like, okay, he'll he'll be back at some point. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the next month, you would like to think. Yeah. I'd like to have him have at least a handful of games yeah. under his belt before they go into the postseason. Landy's more problematic in 
what are you going to get from him? Number one, when's he going to be available? How much rust is he going to be able to knock off? How much can he really help you at this stage where he's missed the entire season? And so those are a couple of factors. And and all of last year as well. All of last year and all this season, what are you going to get from him? A guy that hasn't played in almost now two two full seasons, what are you going to get from him? And so for the Avalanche, what are they going to do at the deadline? Second line center would be good. You have guys like Sean Monahan that's already gone. So there's not a lot of options there. And it just feels like the backup to Georgie is probably the the number one target right now for the Avalanche and what they what they an area that they need to address. A a, a very critical area that when they were into the cup, Pablo Francois was instrumental in that when Darcy Kemper got hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I they need to figure that out. That's probably their number one priority. And I think with with good reason, because I mean you can't play Georgie every game the rest of the season. He's gonna need a breather. Or two or three or ten. However many games off you can get him before you go into the postseason and if you can't reliably win games with your backup goaltender, then you're going to be playing on the road a lot in the postseason. Because you're well back of Vancouver in the West. You're two back of Dallas. So, I mean, you you have a chance to host the first couple of rounds, but dang, it'd be nice to get home ice advantage the whole way. You know, that's why a name like a Marc-Andre Fleury pops up. A veteran guy... Mm-hmm. That's got enough gas left in the tank that if you need him to start a game or two here at the end of the regular season, going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, that that that, it, that you feel better about that than Eustace Annan right now, Prostatov, the other. I mean, there's there's yeah. not really a good answer right now. If Georgie struggles, they're screwed. If he gets hurt, they're screwed. They don't have a they don't have an answer for that right yeah. now. I just hope you, like for Fleury, I just hope you're able to pry him away from a division rival that's still in the playoff line. And, and they may not be able to do that because that's a name that's popped up a lot. Yeah, it has. I've seen it attached to the Avs for maybe like last six weeks. It's going to be hard to get because looking right now in the West, the cutoff is going to be 58 points. Minnesota's got 55. Does a Jake Allen in Montreal that's now become expendable, does is he a name that, that possibly pops up at the trade deadline? We'll see. I, I just feel like right now, though, that's that's an area. Mm-hmm. The second line center would be great. Backup goaltender is huge right now for this team in terms of a necessity. All right, who do we have on the team line? This is Sam from Fruta. All right. Samuel, good morning. How are you? Hey, Jim Davis. I'm super. How about you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Well, I thought I'd uh, throw in my two cents worth or a penny and a half uh, on, on the halves. And as you were just mentioning uh probably the number one need is to find a good backup goalie and you know with flurry being mentioned so much i, I thought boy that that would be just super granted I, i'm sure he doesn't um have the effect on on the uh, opposing forwards that he did in his prime but he's still probably one of the best goalies out there i mean uh 
it would be great if they could get him. Uh, you know, I think one of the shortcomings on this team, and I've mentioned it in the past, is the fact that they're always looking for that perfect shot. Uh, you know, they pass, 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 and then turn it over. Uh, they need, one thing they do need, and I think Choo Choo gave them this to a certain point, they need that garbage goaler. Most every other team always has that guy standing practically in the crease when they're controlling the puck, waiting for that rebound. And seldom is there anybody in front of the crease for the Avs to, to take a swat at the rebound that comes off. And I think that, that really hurts them. Yeah, they don't have the, the big physical presence like Valeri Nachushkin, who is one of the hottest goal scorers in the league before he made the decision to go into the player assistance program to deal with some personal issues. That was a huge loss because he, he would have been probably an all-star the way he had been playing. And now we don't know when he's coming back. And how long will it take for him to get back in the swing, th- swing of things when he does return? And that's, you know, but that could be, you know, addition by, you know, without making a, any kind of move at the trade deadline. But also it doesn't address your second line center situation. It doesn't address the key thing we've been talking about here, which is obviously a, a backup to uh, Alexander Georgiev. So we'll, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline coming up. Anything else today, Sam? I think that's about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, Sam. You do the same. All right. Thanks. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Sam from Furna today. All right. Uh, it's 9-10. And the Cutburn Mesa baseball team, I'm good to see the sun poking its head out a little bit. Yeah, not a little bit. Any real jeopardy of not playing today. But the Maverick baseball team hosting their leadoff weekend presented by uh, Courtyard by Marriott when they take on Montana State Billings. Mentioned that the Mavericks have a 17-5 and record uh, all-time against Montana State Billings. Uh, they finished fourth in the GNAC last year. Of course, what the Mavericks did went all the way to the Super Regional where they lost to eventual champion Angelo State, who beat Rollins College, who the Mavericks split with last weekend out in Florida. So it all kind of ties together. Last time out with the uh, leadoff opening weekend, the Mavericks swept Azusa Pacific last year. Mavericks come in 2-2, two and two, and um, Montana State Billings 1-5 right now. Yellow Jackets went 21-27 and 27 a season ago. It's their second straight 21 season, and Mavs uh, head coach Chris Hanks says uh, that the games against the Yellow Jackets will not be gimmies. I think they're well coached. They have pretty good personnel, uh, and for us to think that uh, we're just going to show up and win, you know, that that wouldn't be a a good strategy. So for Montana State Billings, uh, they took on traditional Western power Chico State and held them to a combined eight runs on 15 hits. Pitching was really good uh, in that series for uh, Montana State Billings. And Hank says that uh, their pitching staff is solid and they need to have a disciplined approach starting out today against Montana State Billings. They have some guys in there that we are familiar with that were on the club last year. They have some pitchers that can uh, keep them in games. We'll just have to worry about ourselves and what we do and how we attack them. And All right, so we'll have coverage today starting at 1245. And so for some of the players... Uh, that are playing uh, in the in this weekend that uh, they have uh, familiarity with, of course, playing in the Junior College World Series. Josh Romans played for Weatherford from Texas when they were in the JUCO World Series. Uh, Jordan Pace, Preston Wingett played for Sully Community College this last season. So they're all now Mavericks, and uh, so they have experience playing in town, though it will not be over at Simplesio Field. It'll be at the Diamond 
at the Bergman Sports Complex. And so uh, for the Mavericks uh, last weekend, Jonathan Gonzalez, the senior second baseman, off to a really good start, hitting 375, has six hits. And uh, Brett Renteria is two, he went two for five with a couple of runs scored and a home run. He's hit three home runs. He had three home runs and 12 at bats a season ago. So he's off to a really good start. And we mentioned uh, Preston Wingett, uh, Braden Wingett, his brother, three hits in three games in Florida. One uh, has the uh, one of the early slugging percentage team leaders at 625, and uh, two of his three hits were doubles out in Florida. So uh, that'll be your matchup. One other quick name to mention, because normally the Mavericks have a very set veteran lineup. That's not so much the case this year with the true freshman Ethan Nunez. He got the opening day start against Florida Southern, hit a triple in his first collegiate at bat. And he became the first Maverick to start his first collegiate game since Bly Madras and Zach McLeod earned the opening day start back in 2015 when they started games against uh, UC San Diego, which has now moved on to become a Division I program. So looking forward to that one today. Mavericks take on Montana State Billings right here on the Team CMU Sports Network presented by Ken Richards State Farm. And uh, we'll have pregame today at 1245. Ray McLennan will join me for that one over at uh, Sam Simplazio Field. So or we're just over to the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex. All right. Uh, you can text or call us, 970-242-1340. Coming up, uh, my interview with uh, Blake Griffin of the Montrose Red Ox football team who signed his letter of intent yesterday to play uh, football for the Merchant Marines. We'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, let's give you a chance to win with Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia. You can win a $15 gift certificate to Wrigley Field where uh, they are the home of the 15-minute promise for lunch. If you don't get your lunch in 15 minutes or less, it's half price. And uh, great burgers, chicken fried steak is fantastic as well. Check it out. Just a little bit east of Sam's Palazio Field on North Avenue, Wrigley Field Sports Bar and Grill, a Grand Valley original when it comes to uh, sports bars in uh, the Grand Valley. So here's the question, since we have the All-Star Game coming up on Sunday out in Indianapolis. Only one Denver Nugget has won the NBA All-Star Game MVP. Give us the name and the year that this lone Nugget was named the MVP of the All-Star Game. So first correct answer, once again, if you've won the last two weeks, don't play. If you won earlier today, you can only win one yeah. once per show, so keep that in mind. But send your answer in right now on the team line, 970 970- 242-1340. That's 970-242-1340. It's our Wrigley Field Colorado Sports Trivia Question today. Once again, only one Denver Nugget has won the NBA All-Star Game MVP. Give us his name and the year that he won it. Send that in right now on the team line. First correct answer wins. 970-242-1340. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. Talking Montrose High School Sports on the Jim Davis Show. With us right now, Blake Griffin of the Montrose Red Ox football team signing with the Merchant Marines to play football. Blake, appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes. Absolutely. So a different direction than maybe most guys would take when it comes to their college football career, uh, going to the, the Merchant Marines, you're going to play football there. What made you decide on the Merchant Marines and, and going that direction as opposed to maybe playing division two football or or, or playing uh, college football elsewhere uh well it all came down to uh, following my dream of being a pilot um 
So out of the Merchant Marine Academy, there's an opportunity for flight spots in the armed forces across the board. So you have a lot of opportunity out of there. Um, and so football has become a way to um, kind of reach that goal as well as um, continue with my academics through the Merchant Marine Academy. United States Merchant Marines uh, Division Three, by the way, for those that are curious, uh, what uh, what level of football it is, and and so for you, your your uh, passion about uh, aviation, about being a pilot, where did that all begin for you, Blake? Uh, well, it kind of started flying RC planes. Um, we were flying down at a field below my house, and uh, a neighbor came by, and his name is Lowell, and he builds experimental airplanes, and he had one in his garage, and he let us come see it, and go for a flight and uh that really sparked it and then from there when i turned 15 we started getting lessons and then you know soloed at 16 and then got my license at 17 and then you know from then to now i've just been enjoying it and loving flying we're talking blake griffin the montrose red ox uh, signing to attend the uh, united states merchant marines he'll play football uh for them and what are they telling you in terms of where do they see you? obviously your all-state player 1519 yards 28 touchdowns, uh, leading uh, Montrose to the, the the 4A state football semifinals. Where do they see you uh, fitting in in terms of uh, what you're going to do on the football field for the Merchant Marines? Uh, well, after talking to them, they see me as, as their fullback, you know, up and coming, and I think I'm going to be a great fit into their offense. They run a very similar uh, run offense to what we ran here at Montrose and to what uh, things like Air Force and some other academies run, so... Um, I think it's going to be a great fit, and I can't wait to show them what I have. John Blake Griffin, who's going to uh, go to the United States Merchant Marines, will play football for them as well. And uh, for you, Blake, uh, Brett Mertens obviously has uh, done a lot in terms of shaping you as a football player, but maybe some things you've learned from Coach Mertens is, that have helped shape you as uh, Blake Griffin, young man growing up and now going in, of course, to, to, uh, to serve our country, going to go uh, with the Merchant Marines. Oh, well, you know, the Montrose football team has been great for building up young men, um, and I can attest to that. Uh, Mertens and the coaching staff has really imparted on me that uh, making the right decisions and following what you feel is true um, and the correct path for you is, is almost the most important thing in uh, in your life, and and it's built me to be, you know, the person I am today. And it, it has to be thrilling as well that um... – Jackson Killen, he is signing uh, to go play football at Puget Sound University in Washington State. Uh, uh, Cortland Nelson is going to go play football at Carroll College. That uh, you guys, your, your football journey will continue, maybe not together anymore, but you'll always have that that special bond as, as Red Hawks. And it has to be a pretty uh, pretty cool to be able to, to sign on the same day as your, your two teammates and friends. Oh, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. Um, I wish those guys the best, and, and they deserve the best. They've worked hard. So it's great to see them get to continue to play, and uh, I can't wait to stay in touch with them later down the road. All right, that's Blake Griffin, who will uh, go play football for the Merchant Marines and then uh, continue his uh, military path as a pilot. Also, uh, we've had, we had on the program uh, the other day as well. Yesterday, we had uh, Jackson Killen, that uh, Jackson's going to Puget Sound in Washington State, and we're uh, trying to reach out to Cortland Nelson. He signed yesterday with Carroll College, so hopefully we'll have Cortland Nelson on tomorrow's program from the Montrose football team. All right, it's 923. Jim along with uh, the Buckeye boy, and looks like we have a winner for our Wrigley Field Colorado Sports uh, Trivia today. Yes, we do.
And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Steven correctly identifying David Thompson, 1979. The Skywalker. Yes. The only nugget. Dikembe never did it. Nope. Alex never did it. Issel never did it. Mello. Mm-hmm. Joker. None of them. Nope. David Thompson, only one to ever win the uh, the MVP of the All-Star game. Now, on a technicality, he's not the nug- former Nuggets player with the most all-Star Game MVPs. But hmm. nev- he's the only one to win it as, as a, a Nugget. As a Nugget. And that was the, the key there was yep. as a Denver Nugget. Do you know who the other player is? <sighs> Do you have the answer? Give me just a second to think about it. That was your hint. The answer. Hmm. This is nickname, right? The yeah. answer. Crap. Um, Very much a fan of the games. Oh. Not practice as much. Oh, Alan. Alan I, Iverson. Oh, yeah. The, the, forgot the answer. Like, answer was yep. his nickname. Won it twice. Yeah. At his then home court in D.C. And then his future home court at Pepsi Center. In 2005. But not as a nugget, though. But not as a nugget. All right. Very good. Good job. Good little uh, bonus. Yeah, good little bonus. Training. Bonus work there. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about uh, the uh, Rockies answer for if you want to watch mm-hmm. the Rockies, it's Rockies.tv. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But right now, it's uh, time to dive into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis show on the team. <laughs> All right. First down. I, man, I hate talking more about the Kansas City mm-hmm. shootings, but. We do need to acknowledge that somebody from our industry was the the death that occurred yesterday at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. That uh, DJ at KFFI 90.1 in Kansas City, Lisa Lopez was the one who was killed in the shooting yesterday. That um, that she lost her life and a lot of tributes to her. Uh, you know, the eight children among the 20, now 22 people that were hit by by the gunfire. But uh, Lopez getting a lot of tributes from, from folks in the industry after uh, tragically lost her life yeah. yesterday. Yeah, it's too bad. All right, second down. Cal Shanahan's made a very quick move. Can't fire yourself. You fire your defensive coordinator. Yep. Steve Wilkes got fired after leading the Niner defense and that team into the Super Bowl. So Steve Wilkes... Shanahan said that he was not the right fit. He just ended up being not the now, right fit. At the risk fit. of being unpopular, this reporter places the blame for all of this squarely on you. Wilkes said his team played some pretty soft coverage in the Chiefs' final drive in overtime. Should he have been fired, though? I, I mean, you orchestrated one of the best defenses in the league, so you're going to get fired because of that. I don't know. I, I've been reading up on this last night after it happened today. And Tim Kawakami of the athletic has been around the Bay area forever. And how this was, it was a poor fit from the beginning, the way Wilkes likes to call his defense, the scheme Wilkes likes to use 
where his focus lies on the defense, which is the back end, the secondary, as opposed to the Niners want that kind of Seattle cover three look. Steve Wilkes doesn't really like that a lot. The Niners want to focus on their front seven. Which Wilkes is an impressive group. The, yeah, Wilkes focuses on the back end. But why'd like, you hire him to begin with if you felt like that, that he was a bad fit? Why did you hire him then? That's a good question. They were they were eighth in total defense. Yeah. They were like they were fine defensively. They held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation. You know, I I'll it, take that. It may not have been the best fit, but doesn't this this smells of somebody's head had to roll and it was going to be you Steve mm-hmm. Wilkes because it wasn't going to be Kyle Shanahan. Led the league with interceptions. Was third in rushing defense. 14th in pass defense. That's not great. That's like supposed to be his area of yeah. expertise, but they Yardage, also had, had some injuries back there, though, too. Third best scoring defense. <laughs> I I guess instead of continuing on trying to prove how right he was, like with Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan went ahead and course corrected as early as possible. It just feels like to me somebody had to pay the price. Yep. And it was going to be Steve Wilkes. Yep. Because it was not going to be Kyle Shanahan. Different context, but it's like the million dollar man. Somebody's going to pay. You're right. And he did the Ken Brockman. Place the blame for all of this on you. <laughs> Squarely on you. Uh, so the New Heights podcast, Jason and Travis Kelsey, was out yesterday. Uh, both a little worse for wear after Super Bowl week in Las Vegas. Jason Kelsey with a bad voice. Travis just looked either still drunk or hungover, one or the other, and mazel tov to him. He won the Super Bowl. He's dating Taylor Swift. He can be drunk for the next four days if he wants to and then probably should sober up. That's a little bit too much at seven days. Anyway, they were talking about the muffed punt, and they got it way wrong, thinking they both, because Travis obviously hasn't seen it because he's still drunk, as I just (laughs) mentioned. Jason, three kids traveling the whole thing, trying to get back to dad life, both missed that it hit a Niners player before going astray, and they thought it was just the return man trying to scramble for the football and screwing up. No. Once it was pointed out, we uh, had now Jason Kelsey having to own a mistake. In the episode today, we screwed up the punt return from the game that was muffed. This is on X. Apologize for getting this wrong. Couldn't tell from the angle listed that it, in fact, did hit his teammate's foot. I should have done more research before commenting. I apologize for the error. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's... Drunk Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Oh, cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Yeah. I want everybody a part of this thing. Oh, if you ah. know this song, sing along. Blame it all on my roots. Yeah. <laughs> roots. I up in boots and ruined the Niners affair. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what I need. Oh, fire. Oh, man. Oh, me no function beer well without. Yeah. Travis Making was Jared it. Bednar seem stone cold sober. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fire. He's been drunk since Michael Hardman <laughs> caught that touchdown. I swear he had a. Oh. A, a, uh, oh, what's that? What's a little drink hold container? Uh, you slip in your pocket. What's the name sure. of it? Sure. 
No, no, no. The, uh, the, I don't even know. He flask? had one of the flasks. Thank you. He had a flask <laughs> in his pocket as opposed to an engagement. Because I, I can really, yeah. I, yeah, you're seeing me do your, the, your like hand, the thing. Like, what? Like a, what? Yeah, a flask. Thank you. Flashing your fingers around like you're having a spasm. It's like, yep. what? I was. I was trying to. It's okay. You, you, yeah. Charades, you finally got me to got come you up to, with the, yep. the correct answer. So. And moving on to fourth down. Last year, we had Jim Nance moving on from the final four to focus on the NFL and Masters. Well, now Vern Lundquist has said he's going to make this year his final Masters telecast. Vern who lives up in Steamboat. Mm-hmm. Said he's, uh, he's getting set to call his 40th Masters. Wow. And it's announced that it will be his final for the network. Incredible career. Mm-hmm. Vern Lundquist. Who did uh, Broncos uh, preseason games for a while. Yeah. And the SEC on CBS. Yes. Uncle Vern. Uncle Vern. 9.32. And it's uh, time to... Uh, Take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment of all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1932, Eddie Egan is a member of the four-man U.S. bobsled team, wins a gold medal at the Winter Games at Lake Placid. He previously won a gold medal in boxing in the light heavyweight division at the 1920 Games in Belgium. Bobsledding and boxing, pretty impressive. Also uh, on this day, 1974, Boston's Phil Esposito scores his 1,000th point and assist in the Bruins' 4-2 win over Vancouver. Also on this day, 1980, rookie Wayne Gretzky ties the NHL record of seven assists in a game and sets a scoring record for first-year players in Edmonton's 8-2 win over the Washington Capitals. In February. In February, yes. Insane. Two and a half months of the season yeah. left. 1986, a crowd of 44,180 at the time, the largest to attend an NBA game, turned out the Pontiac Silverdome to watch the Pistons beat the Sixers 134 to 133 in overtime. And 1994, Kentucky makes one of the greatest comebacks in college basketball history with a 99 to 95 win over LSU after trailing by 31 points with 1530 left to play in the game. That is a meltdown, folks. That is a huge meltdown. And one final one since we Kyle have... Shanahan coaching that team. <laughs> uh, one final one since we have In the Garage with NASCAR. Fred coming up. 98, Dale Earnhardt takes the Daytona 500 on his 20th try and ends a 59-race winless streak on the day NASCAR begins celebrating its 50th anniversary. All right, that's this day in sports history. We've got NASCAR Fred coming up. Uh, do want to take a moment here to talk about the, the Rockies... Dot TV streaming site that yeah. they that they have announced, and so one of the really good things about it is that all the blackouts the the blackouts have been removed by MLB, so you'll be able to watch there, there's no blackouts. You watch Rockies, uh, you know, all the fans in the Rockies traditional TV area will be able to live stream all the mm-hmm. games. I said, woo So to stream Rockies games only. It's going to be $19.99 a month or $99.99 for the whole season. But you can also do a bundle with MLB.tv, which will include Rockies games and all Major League Baseball games. Mm-hmm. $39.99 per month or $199.99 for the season. So expect everybody back. Drew Goodman, 
Brian Spielborg, yep. Jeff Hewson, with the exception, exception of Jenny Kavnar, who's now the play-by-play voice of the Oakland A's. Huey, Spilly, Sully. So they're going to do um, Drewy. a 15-minute pregame and postgame. Because remember, AT&T Sportsnet, Mount, uh, Mountain Rocky, or Rocky Mountain, I should say, gone. Yeah. They televised Rocky's game since 97. And so now they don't have the channel, which they just can use whatever they want or have to fill to the bottom of an hour. And then just be like, all right, we're done. We're done. Game's over. Yeah. I like it. For me personally, I don't, like we mentioned last hour just briefly, there's no linear television component. Like you can stream it. That's different than the television product. Right. And I'm... I'm a cord cutter, streamer guy. That works perfectly for me. No in-market blackouts. I'm very happy about that because that means I can pair it in with my MLB TV subscription, which I already have. 40 bucks a month, 200 bucks for the season. It's, it's a little steep. But it's a little steep, but... But you're also getting everything in Major League Baseball for that. Right. You're getting in their... I think it's their beginning channel... Matt Yaloff does. It's kind of like their red zone. They only do it a couple times a week, but still it's it's fun to pop on. You know, and like for me, watching the Guardians, watching the Rockies, I'm paying essentially $20 per team every month. I figure if I get 10 games in for each team, which is a nothing burger for me, as much baseball as I watch on that app, that I will have used it like i, I kind of go with that in all my subscription things like kindle unlimited is 10 bucks look at the price of books all right this book is four dollars if i read three books the month i've quote unquote saved money so that's going to be my markers am i going to be able to watch 10 rockies games am i going to be able to stomach 10 rockies games hopefully you'll be able to yeah. I, I'm, I'm still on the fence if i'm going to do it I I think they have to find an over-the-air terrestrial outlet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because while there are people like you, and in me to a degree, that, right. that would be willing to pay the price, and because we love baseball and we want to watch the Rockies, that's not everybody, particularly coming off a 100-loss season. True. And, and I think that, that, that the timing's not not perfect for this. Right. For me, the problem is... If it's an over-the-air, there's no guarantee it's going to be on over here. So this might be the only way still. And, and that's going to be part of the problem, too, is how... Who's going to do it? Will it be available to the entire state? Or is it just be front-range and that's it? It's going to be some station in Denver, like KWGN initially mm-hmm. carried the, like the Rockies, which, they, we did, which we did have it over here mm-hmm. back then. But there was also incredible demand for the Rockies to be on and to watch them and consume right. them. Is there going to be demand for a hundred lost team that's going to lose a hundred games again this year? And, and I don't know what, I don't know what the answer is. And maybe this ultimately will be the answer that this is going to be how this is the future of, of watching baseball mm-hmm. is going to be, it's going to be streaming it with the number of games that are played with the, with the exception of Fox doing a game of the week Major League Baseball playoffs. This this may be because we're seeing the death of all the regional, the RSNs. Oh yeah, 
This and, is, and it, and it, and it's not going to be the last one. And they're not coming back. I mean, as talented as the Padres were, and while they, they underachieved greatly, they midseason had to make this switch. Yeah. And fortunately, because they were, even though they they disappointed their fans, mm-hmm. they still had incredible turnout in terms of buying the streaming. I, I don't... And but, your but National League champion, Diamondbacks, still don't have an answer. Like, we're six weeks away from the season starting. The Rockies' 100-loss team last in the National League. I get it how, you know, it's like, all right, fine, I guess we'll do this. The Diamondbacks went to the World Series last year, and they can't find anybody to figure this out. It's not a good look for Major League Baseball. It's, let's see, it's Rob Manfred failing to do his job as, mm-hmm. as the leader of Major League Baseball to work diligently to come up with a solution. Yeah, and I... This predates him a little bit, but baseball that's not Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, none of it's free. I mean, baseball's been on cable for 25 years now. To get the -the over-the-air games, you're going to end up with the same six, seven teams on rotation. To get your team, you have to pay for the channel, the streaming, whatever. And so, even even if, say, Altitude decides to jump in, they decide they're going to get mm-hmm. involved with this. You still have to pay for that. You still have to pay for it, and and if you, have, I mean, I'm, I'm more inclined because I could get it on Fubo. Mm-hmm. I'm more inclined to do that. And if you have cable, you're going to have it. Yeah. Because you have, yeah. If it's out on Altitude, which we, they don't seem Altitude doesn't seem. They've, they've had conversations. They yeah, you know, they've had conversations about it with the Rockies, but it, but nothing's come to fruition on it. Mm-hmm. It's not looking like it's going to happen anytime soon. And most places, they're not on over-the-air TV. No. If they are, it's very few guests the Sunday afternoon or whatever. Yeah. I mean, even the Rockies haven't done that in 20 years. So... Fortunately, we provide a free alternative. Mm-hmm. We don't carry all 162, but we carry a good chunk of the Rocky Get schedule. About 120 over yeah. the course of the year. Yeah. So we offer you the free alternative. Yep. Moving forward. Just ask you if you're going to spend money, do it at our sponsors. Exactly. Please support those people that support us. Thank you. All right, 942. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll go in the garage of NASCAR. Fred brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. That's on the way on the Jim Davis Show. Cuckoo, loony, and crazy. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Now, to anyone out there who wants to go fast, anybody, I want to go fast. Got an oval, then we're going to drive straight, and then we're going to be turning to the left. Green flag, you're ready to go in the air. It's time to go in the garage and NASCAR Fred brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. Not just a better deal, a better dealership pricing and information at MontroseFordNissan.com from the great state of Iowa. He's our NASCAR guru. It's NASCAR Fred. Good morning, Fred. How are you? I'm good. We are back after the shortest off season in American <laughs> sports. It just always seems like about two weeks and then we're racing again, doesn't it? It feels that way, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like it was that long ago that... They're uh, still doing donuts uh, in Phoenix. I, I, believe, <laughs> I, believe, I believe Ryan Blaney's still celebrating right now. Uh, yeah, somebody, somebody's still fighting in the garage. Huh? 
<laughs> Still fisticuffs going on in the garage. So we've got, of course, Daytona coming up on, on Sunday on, on Fox. So some, some changes this year, a few things to, to look at as we head into the, the 2024 season. Going the other way around the track, right? The yeah, they're going to go the opposite Oh, direction. that would be something, wouldn't it? Here we going to be turning right. Just going to keep turning right. for months. It'd be amazing. Wait, wait, but what are you doing? It's like running the bases backward. Give me those goofy softball <laughs> tournaments you have to run the bases from Rock third and to first. Jock NASCAR. Yeah, exactly. Rock and Jock NASCAR. I love it. So new cars, Fred, for, for Toyota and Ford. Um, right. You know, Chevrolet won the Cup Series Manufacturer Championship for the third consecutive year, but uh, going to have some challenges from Ford and Toyota this year for that honor. Yeah, it looks that way. You know, Chevy's been pretty dominant. Uh, I mean, Ford has won the last two championships, but if you look at race wins and you know, just just the overall picture. Chevy has been uh, has had a bit of an edge the last couple of years here. Well, Ford's got their new Mustang Dark Horse, and Toyota has their new Camry XSE. Few uh, aerodynamic tweaks and whatnot to those. And uh, Ford seems to be off to a good start. You know, the the Ford's on the front row at Daytona from uh, full qualifying last night. So it'll be interesting to see. It always takes a little bit of getting used to because there's. You know, one one little aerodynamic change can make a lot of difference in how the thing handles at 200 miles an hour. So, uh, it, it, it hopefully, you know, it's it's going to level the playing field. The Toyota, yeah, they they might have I don't know, they might have a little more of an uphill fight because they really didn't show much in qualifying last night. But we'll see what happens in the race too. So, uh, it's yeah, on onward and upward though, as always. There's lots of changes. Uh, as far as the schedule this year, too, that's where some of the really big news is. Um, Brickyard 400 is back. You know, Indy five, the Indianapolis, we've run the road course the last three years. They're running the big track for the Brickyard 400 this year. Um, of course, coming to Iowa, that's, yes. that's the big news as far as I'm concerned, right? Yes, it's going <laughs> yes, to be part of the schedule this year as the Iowa Speedway yeah. is going to have its first ever Cup Series race June 16th. So... I would imagine uh, you've probably already procured your tickets for that, right? Absolutely. Yeah, as soon as they went on sale. I, I think back before Christmas, we already had our tickets locked down for that. So, uh, you know, they ran the trucks in the Xfinity Series there for a while, but there hasn't been uh, any NASCAR racing since 2019 in Iowa. And like you said, it'll be the, the first cup race ever on June 16th. So that's definitely something to look forward to. Something else that's changing, too, and that's uh, the tweaks to the, the, the postseason rotation. The elimination races, Bristol for the round of 16, Charlotte's Roval in the round of 12, and Martinsville's round of, uh, of eight. Uh, that one, they remain the same, but the rest of the, the races, that, that, that schedule's changed quite a bit, hasn't it? Yeah, they've, uh, for one thing, the, the Southern 500 at Darlington, they've been, that's been the kickoff race of the playoffs. Well, that's going to be the, the last race of the regular season. Now, taking Daytona's place at that. So, Darlington to end the regular season and then Atlanta to kick off the playoffs. And Atlanta's been such a wild card ever since they reconfigured, and it's like a, a mile-and-a-half super speedway with the drafting and everything. So, that's going to be the first race of the playoffs this year. Also, Watkins Glen, the road course race at Watkins Glen, is being moved into the playoffs this time. So, yeah, a couple new wrinkles. Also, guy that I know, Buckeye, you love him. And we all do. Shane Van Gisbergen, yeah. who won the, the Chicago uh, race, the street race last time out. Now uh, the New Zealander, a, a fully-fledged member of, of NASCAR competing this season. Yeah, he's uh, he's got actually a racing scheduled in all three series, the trucks, the Xfinity, and 
the Cup Series. Uh, he's, you know, we know he's a monster on road courses where he's going to have to have a bit of a learning curve and gain some experiences on the oval tracks because he really hasn't done much of that. They, they don't do that in the, the Australian Supercar Series where he comes from. So he's he's going to be getting schooled a little bit at places like, you know, Darlington and, and uh, uh Atlanta and, and Charlotte. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think he's going to do well, though. I mean, he's just so good, and I think he's going to going to catch on quickly and be a be a factor on the all all, all kinds of tracks. Be fun to watch. It's in the garage of NASCAR. Fred brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. Not just a better deal, a better dealership. Pricing and information at MontroseFordNissan.com. And uh, we got a lot of really talented young guns uh, this year vying for the Sunoco Rookie of the Year. Guys like Josh Berry and Zane Smith, among others, that are part of the the fresh-faced kids this year in uh, NASCAR. Yeah, I kind of you know we've been talking about how it's kind of a youth movement, and uh, you know that that continues. Looking at Stuart Haas racing, of course, we had Kevin Harvick retired. Eric Almarola is retiring from full-time driving. He's going to drive some Xfinity races, but now you've got Noah Gregson and Josh Berry coming into the the Stuart Haas stable. John Hunter Nemechek back in the Cup. Um, Zane Smith, like you said, Carson Hosovar, uh, also a pretty kind of hot shoe coming out of the truck series. He's going to be driving for, uh, for Spire Motorsports as well. And, uh, you know, guys like Justin Haley is still pretty young. And, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the Josh Berry probably I, is, is pretty much accepted as the front runner for the Rookie of the Year. But uh, you never know. We'll, we'll see what happens as the season plays out. All right, so Daytona 500, <clears throat> excuse me, this Sunday, uh, 12.30 our yeah. time on Fox. Uh, Joey Logano, by the way, uh, won the Bush Pole for the Daytona 500, so uh, he already right. has that, that nailed down. So, Fred, give us your preview of the Daytona 500, the great American race. Yeah, great American race. Well, like we said, you had pole qualifying last night. Joey Logano and Michael McDowell on the front row. That's all that's set so far. The rest of it is going to be set by the dual races tonight. Uh, starting at, uh, to see, it's uh, 5 o'clock Mountain Time. Um, two races, 60 laps apiece, and uh, not only is that going to set the position for the rest of the field, but there's also points awarded, you know, that for the first 10 finishers in each uh, in each dual race. So there's, there's that motivation as well. You've got uh, four open drivers, in other words, non-charter drivers, who still have to race their way in, including Jimmy Johnson, also B.J. McLeod, J.J. Ely, Cas Grollo, so they'll be be digging tonight trying to try and get into the big race uh, as far as who to look for up front you got to look at Hendrick Motorsports of course uh, but you also got to look at Penske all three Penske cars were in the top 10 in pole qualifying last night Joey Logano and Austin Sindrick and Ryan Blaney all uh, so you know we may see the Ford to be more of a factor in this race who to who to call to win it oh gosh it's always a always a shot in the dark but uh I think I think I just have a feeling that we're going to see uh, we're going to see Chevy come through again. Although, don't count out Denny Hamlin. He's uh, he's on a mission this year. He's won the Daytona 500 three times. Um, if I had to make a prediction, are we making predictions yet? We are. Yes. Let's, let's go ahead. We are now. So, how are we going to do this rotation wise? Um, be- it'll be Fred first, and then <laughs> me, then you last year. Okay. Since he's our guest, and I won last year. <laughs> okay, so oh, let me let me see here. I've set, sentimental favorite. I would like to pick Kyle Larson. I also think it might be Chase Elliott. Uh, 
you know, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. I think he's he's loaded for bear. They're going to they're going to do it. I'm also going with Kyle. Kyle Bush. Uh-huh. I'm going to go with a Brad. Brad Kozlowski. Uh-huh. Are we also going to pick who's going the to win the favorite. championship? Yes, we're doing the championship as well. well. Kyle Bush is also a favorite in some sites, too. So I know. Pipe down there, sport. I saw that. That's why I picked him. <laughs> so who's right. going to, so we get our picks, same order of who's going to win it all. I, I, we're going to flip this. We're going to go in order last year. Oh, okay. I won, so I get first dibs. I'm going William Byron. Then, Jim, you finish second. So you get next, and then Fred will pick last. I think, didn't I pick Kyle Larson last year? You did. You know what? Let's get on that horse once again. <laughs> Kyle Larson for me. If at first you don't succeed, give him another shot. Keep trying. Let's give another shot to Kyle Larson. All right, Fred, who do you got to win it all in nine months? I think I'm going to go with the guy who beats everybody's favorite driver. And uh, he's he's not going to win any most popular driver awards. He's kind of going out of his way to, <laughs> to be a, a one of those. But I, I think it might be his year, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. All right, very good. Okay, we're locked. We're locked in for Daytona. Locked in in for our picks for the year as well. Yep. So once again, you get ten points for a win, five points for a top five, two points for a top ten. You lose a point for a DNF. Okay. All right. So there we go. Blue Greens vacations duels five o'clock. Fox Sports One. All right, Fred. Appreciate it. Enjoy the enjoy the weekends. Talk to you next Thursday. All right. All right, there we go. Harry burning out of the pits. Not fighting anybody or anything. He's just getting in his car and leaving. Uh, NASCAR Fred. Brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan. All right, that's our show for today. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Cake will be in tomorrow. And on tomorrow's program, uh, we'll have uh, Jackson Wilson, River City Sportplex, but also Lyle Wilkins with Cap Rock Academy. They have their final two games of the season before they have to make a decision about whether they go JV again next year or go varsity for the Cap Rock Academy hockey team. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's program. Also, uh, your chance to win with the Where in the World is Tyler Franson on tomorrow's program as well. And uh, hope to track down Steve Skiff, maybe Ryan Voringer, because Montrose uh, will take on Durango tomorrow night over on our sister station, the Monkey, 93.5 in Montrose. And Larry Newland will have the call that one tomorrow night. So uh, that's coming up on tomorrow's program. Plus, we'll look back at uh, the Avs in Tampa Bay and uh, all the area sports as well. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock right here on the team. Enjoy the rest of your day.